Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have a few questions I want to dive into. But first, before I do that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you could leave a five-star rating and review, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, that will help more people find this podcast. Next, uh, you could follow me on Instagram, J-H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. And uh, so if you want to reach out to me, you can... Um, that's going to be the easiest way. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And with that, I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your biofeedback and lifestyle to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. And there's also at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training and nutrition protocol that we find that's keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. So if you're interested in that, uh, links in the show notes, and you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can uh, go from there. So let's dive into today's question. So the first question I got was, is your metabolism as easy to mess up as the industry says it is? So again, there's that myth that you know you have a damaged metabolism and that's been debunked, right? Like people, when they, your metabolism doesn't get damaged, it, it adapts to what you're doing to it, right? But there's this concept of like, oh, if I you know, lose a bunch of weight, I ruined my metabolism. Or if I, uh, or if I go about it the wrong way, I, I ruined my metabolism. And, and again, that's, that's not the case. Your, your metabolism just adapts to what you do to it, right? Like you send the signal, it's going to adapt to that um, over time. Uh, the best way to like, think about this is, you know, our body is, it, it has two jobs. It wants to survive and it wants to reproduce, right? So, you know, if you're sending that signal to your body that there's not a lot of food available, um, you know, energy is, is scarce, then your body's going to, it has ad- adaptations in place to help you with survival, right? So it's going to lower energy expenditure. It's going to ramp up hunger. It's going to, you know, lower, it's just basically, you're going to see things like energy that, that, that it finds not useful. It's going to downregulate, right? And it's going to push you to not move as, as much, and it's going to be more efficient with the energy that you do give it, right? So this is kind of where you, you hear about like metabolic adaptation, right? So it will adapt, but it doesn't get damaged, right? It's not like, oh, hey, you do that and then you're you're screwed uh, forever. So some things too that, and, and I also think how you go about weight loss is going to be important, right? So a few things here with us is, you know, obviously, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we don't want our calorie deficit to be just so large that it's like, it's, it's just really hard to adhere to because again, you know, that's going to risk lean body mass loss and it's just going to be tougher to adhere to that. Right. And then hunger is going to ramp up and, and all these like adaptations that you see happen, just they, they come up quicker uh, when you do that. Right. So, so we want to make sure we're in like a more moderate calorie deficit. Now, if you're more skilled with dieting, then potentially you can ramp it up a little bit for most people they need to be into it. They need to be in a small to moderate calorie deficit for that protein. You know, we want to make sure protein doesn't get too low. We want to make sure that that's at least around 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight. You could potentially go a little bit lower, but I still would, you know, I, I think in most situations, 0.8 is, is as low as you want to go, especially when you're trying to cut weight. You obviously want to make sure you move, but you just want to make sure you're not doing too much like cardio versus weight training, because again, that's going to send that signal that you need to be more efficient with your energy if, if you do too much. And then you need to be more efficient. And then also it's like, you know, if you send that signal to your body in this state where it wants to lower how much energy it's expending, you know, it's going to say, Hey, we don't need this muscle. So you, again, you can risk muscle, muscle loss, but also as you do more activity, your body's going to become more efficient for every movement that you do, because again, it's trying to adapt and, and survive, right? So that's another thing. Obviously, like poor sleep is going to be another thing that can hurt it. Uh, poor stress management, if you're just letting 
you have all these stressors, you're not managing it, that's going to add up over time. So, you know, those are ways that you can really, and then, then the next thing would be, again, just doing that for a long period of time, right? That That's going to have an impact on, and your metabolism is going to adapt to that. And then on top of it, you do have some people whose metabolisms are just more adaptive to weight loss. It's like, once you get them into that calorie deficit, it's like their body just really tries to hold on to anything and everything. Now, a lot of people are probably like, oh, that's me. That's what happens to me. But a lot of the times it comes down to, you know, your, your protocols aren't great. And then again, you can't adhere to it. So then it's like, you think you're in a deficit, but you're actually not. But again, there are some people that they really do have their bodies just really try to fight fat loss and, and being in a calorie deficit, which again, thousands of years ago was helpful, not so helpful in, in today's world. But again, our bodies are still, they've been around for you know so many years now at this point, right? And it's like this, where we've had this this kind of like new environments, just a very small portion of, of our uh, existence. And so it's like our bodies have adapted thousands, millions of years um, doing, doing things differently, right? Um, so it just hasn't caught up to that. So again, we have to kind of think back in terms of how we evolved. Again, with this, I think that if you are in this like low energy state and whatnot for a long period of time and you do this for years and years on end, I do think you can start to run into some issues here, right? With this, I think, I don't think you're going to damage your metabolism, but it's going to be, it's going to adapt to that. And then, and then the longer you do it, the tougher it's going to be to reverse out of that. Because the good news is that it will also adapt back the other way if you send the right signals, right? So again, maybe we push fat loss for a period of time. And then from there, we slowly bring your calories back up closer to your maintenance, right? And then we push weight training, get your body in a comfortable position. And then it it does start to adapt back up because it's like, okay, cool. We have enough energy coming in now. You know, we can relax on some of this stuff. But if you just keep pushing that signal of like, hey, we're in this low energy state, your body's just going to focus on surviving and it's going to adapt to that stimulus that you're placing on it, right? To answer your question, you will only quote unquote mess it up if your metabolism, you will mess up your metabolism, mess up in quotations, if you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, right? So it's like, oh, hey, trying to be lean. So I just need to keep doing more cardio. I need to keep restricting more calories because I want to stay lean. I need to be lean. So then you just keep doing that year over year. And then it is going to be tougher to reverse out of that. Like, I just think it's going to take longer and it's going to take more work. And then all those habits are ingrained. And then there's the mental side of things that you have to focus on as well too, uh, when that happens. Right. But let's think about it this way. The typical dieter, this is what they do, right? So they'll lose weight quickly. And again, when you lose weight quickly, you're going to increase the risk of muscle loss. So they lose muscle in the process because they're also just trying to do a ton of cardio, just to get it off quicker. They're not focused on protein. They don't really care about protein. It's just, Hey, eat less, see weight come off. And then, you know, Hey, that becomes super challenging. You're super hungry, low energy. So then you're just like, you know what? Screw it. This sucks. So then you go back to what you're doing before. You see weight come back on quickly. And now because it's coming on quickly, your body's going to gain weight. And most of that weight, especially if you just go from doing nothing, like exercising to then you do absolutely nothing. And this process, it's going to accumulate a lot of body fat and then rinse and repeat, right? It's like, oh crap, I did that for six weeks. And I got to go back to fat loss dieting, you lose weight. So it's, it's rinse and repeat, right? It's a vicious cycle of losing muscle, seeing weight come back on, adding fat, coming back, you know, then trying to go back down, same process. And it just, this happens for years on end, right? And so over time, Time you end up at the same weight or more because again there's prior there's a chance that you're going to end up at a higher body weight with less muscle and more body fat and so then it's like then you try to diet and you just never have that look you want because you have less muscle you have more body fat so then people are like oh it's because my my metabolism is damaged but you just keep losing body you keep losing muscle you keep adding more body fat then people wonder why their energy expenditure is so low and why they have to drop their calories now again like I said earlier people's metabolisms are some people's metabolisms are just genetically going to adapt to a calorie deficit more than others. So there's just nothing you can do about that. But the, the way people go about this year, year in and year out, and I think, you know, when you have more and when you have less muscle, it's like, you're going to have, you're going to notice that like, you're just going to have to drop your calories more and more to, to see the progress that you want to see. Right. So it's just this vicious cycle. And so I don't, so your metabolism isn't going to get messed up, but the, the way you go about this process is going to make it tougher. And so again, this is why I'm just such a big proponent of, Hey, when we lose weight, 
first of all, we need to not just focus on scale weight. We need to make sure we're lifting weights. We need to make sure that we're eating enough protein. We need to make sure that we're not overdoing the cardio side of things. We need to make sure we're still having a good quality diet because then when you lose, maybe you're not going to lose weight as quickly as you want, but your look is going to be much better. You're not going to get into this vicious cycle and um, you're not going to damage your metabolism, right? Which again, we know can't happen anyways, but the way people go about things do make things tougher over time. So just something I wanted to to bring up there. But again, you're not going to damage your metabolism. You're not going to mess it up. It's just, again, if your body composition changes over time where you have more fat, less muscle, it is going to be tougher to like see progress. Again, you could still see scale weight progress, but in terms of body composition, it's just going to look worse and worse. And, And so again, we really need to make sure we spend time maintaining our muscle, but also building muscle in the process. So that way we don't have to go through this typical dieter um, cycle here. So let me know if you guys have any questions on that one. A really interesting topic, probably one of my favorite ones to chat about. So if you have any more questions on it, let me know. My next question is how many weeks should you take a diet break for before a trip? So I had somebody reach out. We did an online consultation, right? Where I just kind of went through all his information and I gave him some things to work on and he was going through a cut. He was going to be going on a trip. And one of the things I told him was, Hey, I think it's a good idea before you go on your trip to take a week or two before you go on that trip to, to get back to your like maintenance level calories, right? Take a diet break. So if a client is in the middle of a fat loss phase, right? So they're in the middle of one, they go on a trip or they are fat loss dieting up into that trip. I'd like to have them take a diet break at least one week before they leave. Okay. I don't like to have clients diet and then just, Oh, Hey, go, go away and try to manage, you know, all the tasty food and things like that when you're super depleted and you've been dieting for a certain amount of time. So I always try to get them to eat a little bit more the week the week before, again, get back to their maintenance, right? So for some people, this is just adding in carbohydrates, maybe adding in fats, but protein is going to stay the same, but we're going to get you back to around your maintenance. And again, the, the biggest reason I do this is so this way you don't go into the trip super hungry and deplete it. And then again, it's just going to be so hard to moderate anything when you go into that trip, right? It's like the moment, if you go in super depleted, hungry, the moment you have something tasty, it's just going to be game over, right? And then you're just bombarded with food throughout this entire time. By taking this week or two beforehand, bringing up calories, it gives you a better idea of where you need to be to eat, to be at your maintenance, but also it gives you your body a week or two to just kind of adjust and, and be like, okay, this is, we can relax a little bit. We don't need to just eat more food. We don't need to hold on to everything we give it, right? It just gives your body that nice little buffer in between there to, again, just dial everything back and, and recover before before you leave. So again, one to two weeks, you can do it longer than that, but I would say at least a minimum of one week before you leave, you know, really try to do that before you go into a trip. Cause otherwise it's just going to be super challenging to moderate while you're gone. So sometimes for clients, you know, they might see their scale weight come up one or two pounds while they're gone or in that week before some people, they see it go down. And then, and then when they're gone, you know, again, same thing, it could go down, it could stay the same, or they might see it come up slightly. Right. So it just depends on the person, but just so you know, I mean, this, this has been really helpful for some clients to be like, Hey, I just really was able to manage my trip much better. I came back and my scale weight was, was the same. It didn't go up like it normally did. So again, if this is you, like, just just check yourself on this. And, and again, I think the typical, if you don't have any guidance on this, it's, hey, I'm just, hey, I want to diet for a trip. All right, I'm just going to diet till that very last moment before I, I leave, right? Because I'm trying to eke everything out. But again, you're just going to hurt yourself in the process and make it just tougher on yourself, right? So again, make sure we take those one or two weeks to take a diet break before you go. And then from there, it's like when you get back, depending on where you're at, you can go back to fat loss phase, you know, for another six to eight weeks or so or longer, whatever. It just depends on, on where you're at and where you're at mentally. Or, hey, it's, you know what, this is a good stopping point for now. I'm good here. I'm going to go back to building some muscle for a period of time. And then I'll come back and, and drop body fat in the future. So those are, you know, kind of your options there on that, right? Like you just, just kind of see where you're at, but you can come back and whatnot. And again, with diet breaks, like I, I think the other big thing here too, that I always want to ask clients like is, okay, so let's say you're in the middle of a fat loss phase and then you want to come back, do more fat, another six to eight weeks of fat loss. Like if you're in a good spot mentally where it's like, man, that those one to two weeks were great. I feel good. I'm 
ready to roll. It's like, you're going to be able to push it more than the person who like, you know, comes back and they're just like, oh, I don't want to do this again. So the mental side of things I think is super important. And that's in the research. That's what diet breaks have been shown to be helpful with is it isn't physiological, right? Like it doesn't really speed up fat loss or anything like that. But these diet breaks where you do, you know, take one to two weeks to go back to your maintenance around your maintenance mentally can be like really helpful and they can help with hunger too. So those have been the main benefits of diet breaks and and research is people's hunger levels go down and just like they feel better mentally and they can push through a little bit longer. So again, that's kind of where you would use a concept of of diet breaks. Let me know if you guys have any questions on that uh, topic. So next, how important is it to stick to rest times in between lifts? And so this is again with the goal of building muscle. So for muscle growth, you just want to make sure you're not under resting in between sets, right? I think the rule of thumb is about one to three minutes doing more compound lifts, probably closer to two to three minutes that you want to rest in between. But the main thing that I can say on this is just make sure you're not under resting, right? Like you just don't want to go into like, say you're doing a set of back squats. You just don't want to go into that next set where you're just still huffing and puffing. You're super tired. It's like, you're not going to get anything out of that lift if you just go into it that fatigued. So just make sure you're not under resting. Now, if you're finding that it's like taking you three, five plus minutes in between to recover, you might want to do a little bit of cardio potentially there and, and look at that. But you know, again, I think if the main thing is you just don't want to under rest, right? That's a big thing. Now, there may be certain phases of training where you will purposely rest less. This doesn't mean that there's no, we don't want to ever consider these like shorter rest times, but for building muscle most of the time, you want to make sure you're recovered in between sets. Okay. Like again, could be certain phases of training where it's like, Hey, we're going to rest a little bit less in between here. We might need to work on your muscle endurance a little bit more. So we want to, you know, shorten the rest times a little bit. We might do supersets things like that, time constraint. But again, we just don't want to, I think the bigger the lift is, the more you do want to make sure you're well rested going into that for technique purposes, but also just to make sure that you're maximizing that. Whereas like bicep curls, lateral raises, you know, maybe those are things where you shorten your rest a little bit and you're not overly concerned about like resting less. So I think one to three minutes for most. And then again, like if it's more compound, you're going to be closer on that, that two to three. Most of the time, we just want to make sure that you're not under recovered going into your next set. When I say under recovered, you know, you want to make sure you're muscles ready to go. You want to make sure that you're not breathing heavy, right? Mentally, you want to make sure you're you're in a good spot as well too. So if you rest a little bit longer, it's not going to be like detrimental or anything like that. Unless again, you're specifically trying to get a certain adaptation where it's like, Hey, we need to rest a little bit less in between. So that's my thoughts on, on rest times. Again, let me know if you guys have any questions on that. That's it for today's episode. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.